the world's most valuable brands, Amazon teaming up with influencers, again, the infamous Instagram creator profile, and how to boost employee engagement. Welcome to Working Girl Talk. Welcome to Working Girl Talk. I'm your host, Abby Zufelt. Working Girl Talk is the podcast for women who work. Each episode covers the latest news in social media, business, and marketing, and covers a working girl topic. As a marketing strategist and working girl myself, I aim to educate and inspire you to be the best version of you inside and outside of the workplace. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Working Girl Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sorry for no episode last week, but we are back and ready to roll today. So happy Friday. Let's get into the latest stories. Story number one, Forbes released their list of the world's most valuable brands. And you know we have to talk about this top 10 list. So starting with number one, no surprise, Apple. Apple tops Forbes annual look at the world's most valuable brands for the ninth straight time, nine years in a row goes to Apple. The brand is worth $205.5 billion dollars billion with a B, up 12% over last year. It is the first time a brand crossed the $200 billion threshold. Wow. Great job to you, Apple. Let's let's keep going down the list because this is pretty interesting. Number two, Google, which also when I was reading Forbes' release of this, they mentioned that Google has cornered the global search engine market with a 92% share over the past 12 months. So Google is pretty much owning the internet at this point. So 92% is a ton. Googling is a verb now, so no surprise there. Number three, Microsoft. Number four, Amazon. Five, Facebook. Six, Coca-Cola. Seven, Samsung. Eight, Disney. Nine, Toyota. And 10, who wants to guess? It is McDonald's. McDonald's rounds out our top 10. So the first, let's see, the first five are tech companies, which like kind of like, wow, like the tech industry, wow, like we're coming so far. And then when you see number 10, McDonald's, I'm just like, wow, like we're still human. (laughs) So no one can resist those fries. But yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. The top 10 most valuable brands and I believe it, everyone on there, not surprised. Good job to Coca-Cola for being that first one that's not a tech brand. Everyone loves their Coke. So pretty interesting there. Thought I'd share. So now you know the top 10 most valuable brands in the world, according to Forbes. Story number two, Amazon has dropped the drop. So I stumbled upon this this week when I was targeted on Instagram with an ad. It was a blogger's sponsored post and she was in a really cute pink suit. And you know, I love a good pantsuit situation. So I clicked on the ad and I saw that she said part of my collection on Amazon on the drop. So I'm like, what is this? I swipe, I click the link, I'm checking it out. And Amazon has released a new venture with influencers called The Drop. So it's pretty interesting and kind of exciting and super smart of Amazon. So we're going to talk about what that is. On the website, so it's just right now when you go to The Drop page, it's just one static page and you can sign up to get text alerts of when things start dropping. (laughs) And right now on the website, it says, we partner with international trendsetters, turning your favorite curators into creators. Shop head to toe looks from their limited edition collections. 
So they're teaming up with these influencers, bloggers, um, content creators to create clothing. It's pretty much a clothing line for these people. Um, apparently they say they're designing it with them and each collection is live for 30 hours or less. And they say on the website, then we make each style only when you order it to reduce waste. So that's kind of a cool element to that too. I think it's a really cool concept and it shows me that Amazon has really embraced this influencer marketing side, which if you've ever seen those ads on Instagram to join the Amazon influencer program, um, that's another venture that they have that's really smart and I'm guessing pretty successful if they're going into this even more hyper-focused route. So that first one that you've probably seen ads for is that you can basically build an Amazon shop and then when you promote that link or, link or, oh, this is where I got these glasses, when people buy from your Amazon page, you get a commission for it. So they've already had success with that. So I'm not surprised they're coming out with something a little more hyper-focused and probably a little more beneficial to these bigger influencers they're working with too. And super smart on the whole drop aspect that it just drops when you least expect it and that it's only 30 hours or less that you can buy it because that whole limited quantity is such a good driver to increase sales especially when we live in this era of a lot of online shops and boutiques opening up and sometimes they do sell the same thing so it increases that limited edition feeling and people really like that especially in this age of social media where you want to stand out online and wear something different so really smart and I'm excited to see where this goes for them and honestly what these collections look like you know so I definitely signed up on their landing page for this just to see and I immediately got a text update that said well you know when the first drop goes live so very smart because as I said when you have that time limit that really increases that conversion rate because people feel that pressure that they don't want to miss out very smart Amazon it sounds like a recipe for success my question is how do they pick these influencers it makes me think I wonder this is just a, an Abby theory uh, maybe they looked at people who had success in the influencer program or people that they just liked I don't know um, but that is an awesome deal for those people so they sure got my attention. <laughs> and for our last story, before we get into today's topic, the infamous creator profile from Instagram. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I think that's my first time doing a little singing on the podcast, so hope you enjoy. Planally released a blog post this week, and if you follow the Working Girl Talk Instagram, you probably saw. They did an awesome article. I definitely recommend you check it out. It's called Everything You Need to Know About the Creator Profile, and they break down exactly uh, what that entails. So there have been rumors about a specific, oh, an influencer profile that you can use if you're an influencer. Like I've heard people talk about that and never really saw any hard proof on that, but I guess it's a real thing. And so Planoly did an awesome article about it and they even quoted one of Instagram's product managers. So Instagram product manager, Ashley Yuki said, the idea is to create the space where we can now start to specialize the experience for the needs of creators. They also said that this profile is best for public figures, 
influencers and artists. So there's a few things to know about this creator profile. So it is in beta testing. So most likely you probably don't have access to it, but if you want to go check just in the settings section account, and then you'll see an extra tool button there. If you uh, are able to see it, definitely check it out. Uh, there are a few downsides to this. So when I was looking at Planoly's article, they said that right now with the creator profile, third party auto posting tools like Planoly itself are not able to function with this version of the platform. And some of the features that you get from a business account aren't existent and that you might actually lose some of your data on certain posts. So I'm guessing if you're somebody who's in like an active influencer campaign or marketing campaign, it's probably not the best idea to switch to it right now if you have access to it because you might lose some of the data and it might mess with some of your results there. They said that you will have better data concerning followers and unfollowing, but you may have more limited data when it comes to other parts of the platform. I don't know exactly what that means but Facebook won't really recognize the creator profile as a business account and will not give you access to certain features. I don't know what these certain features are, but that sounds kind of odd. The coolest part to me about the creator profile is that they say that the direct messaging tool has a filter function. It sounds like that part of the platform is smoother, which I think we can all agree does need some help. Um, but the rest, I'm a little baffled as to why you would switch to this and why you would need this. It reminds me of when business profiles first became a thing years ago. People were kind of scared to switch to them because they didn't want to lose their reach. And I talked about this on my Instagram post, but if you, people had this fear that if you switch to a business account, your account would be made to more of a pay to play account that you would need to be using ads to get your content seen more, which I would say in a way is partly true. I mean, you do have that option and I'm sure Instagram and Facebook would love for you to partake in that side. But for me, switching to a business account was no brainer just because I wanted that data. I can't live my life blind and I needed that data to see what my accounts were reaching, especially um, working in the marketing field where I need that sort of data for clients to see what's working and what's not. This new creator profile is interesting because my main question to Instagram is why? Because as a business account right now, you can say you're an influencer or a blogger. So I don't really know what the need for this is. Like according to Instagram, it makes me think maybe they're doing something on their end. And the fact that that product manager says the idea is to create this space where we can now start to specialize the experience for the needs of creators. Like what does that mean? What, the, what does the creator need? So I think I definitely need to learn more about this and what it actually looks like because right now in Planoly's article, it kind of sounds like you're losing some features and it's a little limiting, which maybe it's just because it's in beta and it's new and as time goes on, maybe it would be more beneficial for creators, but I would tread lightly before switching over. But I mean, you never know. Business turned out great for me, so you never know. But I would definitely let some other people do the testing first, which they are because it's in beta and most of us probably don't have access to this. So we'll be on the lookout to see if this actually becomes a thing. As we've seen with Instagram, if a feature doesn't take off or it's not well received, they typically won't do it. If you guys remember for that brief few hours, probably like a year ago, a year or two ago, where instead of doing the swipe feed, it was like a swipe right, like pretty similar to Tinder thing going on. 
um, where like the newsfeed was like a swipe to the right instead of scrolling. And that lasted like a few hours because they just, they knew everyone hated it. So if people don't like it, they typically don't do it. So we'll see, maybe these content creators will like it. And maybe there is some benefit that I don't see that maybe that they'll unveil in the future. And now for our working girl topic. Are you engaged in the workplace? (laughs) I know this topic sounds so glamorous, but bear with me because if you are in any part of the workforce, this applies to you. So trust me, just keep listening, bear with me on this. So I was thinking about employee engagement after watching The Bachelorette on Monday because that's just where my mind wanders. There was nothing on The Bachelorette that sparked that. I just was starting to think about like workplace engagement, like stats on that. I Googled it, how many people consider themselves engaged or invested or purely interested in the work they do. And I saw a stat from Gallup from a few years ago saying 13% of the people they surveyed, and obviously they do a sample survey, but that's a pretty low number of people engaged. So that sort of chord with me, and I was kind of thinking um, things that I've seen in the workplace and talking to other people and just reading online about this. If there are so many people disengaged with work, that there has to be some ways to combat this, and also why are they not engaged with the work they do. So first off, I wanted to talk about why does engagement at work even matter? First off, engagement at work really affects performance. If you're actively engaged with your job, it means you enjoy what you do. And if you enjoy what you do, you perform better. In a Dale Carnegie study from a few years ago, they they found that companies with engaged employees outperform those with lower engagement levels by around 200%, which is a pretty big increase. And it just makes sense when you think of that statistic, like if you enjoy what you're doing, you're going to perform better. Number two, morale and culture. If your engagement is good, your morale is going to be better in the workplace. Um, There's a quote by Shirley MacLaine that says, dwelling on the negative simply contributes to its power. And it's very true. If you have a negative outlook on your job, that's probably going to spread to the others around you and then the negativity just brings negativity. Um, so if you're disengaged, it probably spreads in the workplace and just makes the whole workplace a, a bad place to be. <laughs> and number three on why engagement matters is retention. If you have an engaged employee, the chances that they're going to stay is a lot higher than if they're not engaged, which it makes sense. If you have people actively engaged in the work they're doing, the less likely they are that they'll want to leave it because they want to see it through to the end. And those were, and I thought those were pretty important for why engagement matters. Those are just some top three that I found when doing this research. Second, why are people not engaged at work? Like what causes this? So personally, I've witnessed three major factors that contribute to workplace disengagement. Number one, Feeling like work has no meaning, that it doesn't, that the work you're doing doesn't contribute to anything to society or a big picture, doesn't make a difference. Number two, there's no place to move up within your company. You don't see a future in your role at the company or even in your department and no recognition for the work you're doing. And number three, the work you're doing or you feel like you're job is not challenging you and you're not learning anything new. So how do we combat this? I have um, two different sections for this. So one for employers and then one for the employee, because it does take two to tango in this situation. So for employers to combat these three things, to combat work, not having a meaning for an employee, number one, I would say share the stats, whatever industry you're in, there should be some sort of measurement to just measure the results of that employee to see if they're doing a good job or not. And let 
letting them know how their contribution helped the bottom line of the company or the client or whatever industry you're in, pinpointing it exactly to a project they're working on or some of the work they're doing. And that could be to a specific employee in a monthly review or yearly review of however your company works, or just to the whole team itself. Like because of project X, Y, and Z, we made this impact on this company. So I think just letting people know that, that their work is making an impact is a great way to combat work not having a meaning. Reason number two, uh, not feeling like there's a way to move, move up in the company or grow and you're not receiving that re- uh, recognition. I think identifying clear expectations in the first place of a role, similar to the other one I spoke of earlier, this could take place in a review or even just a side conversation with the, the employee, just giving them reassurance that there is a place for them to move up in the company and some sort of confirmation that they can grow within their role in their department. Growth is a huge reason that people leave jobs if they feel like they're not growing and there's no, if it's just a dead end for them, people will leave. And if they don't leave, they'll just sit there and be so disengaged and bored and not care because people want to work towards something that's just human nature. So I think letting them know that there is something to work for, figuring out a way for uh, them to work towards something is a great way to do that. And now for the employee side, because as I said, it is a two-way street with employee engagement. I think a lot of it is due to the surroundings of the workplace and the management, but there are a lot of things you could do as an employee yourself to fall back in love with the work you're doing. Number one, look for ways to make a difference. And if you're if you're not getting that confirmation from your superiors that your work is making a difference, just look around. I'm sure you could trace some task you did to some result later on. So it just takes a little bit of time and effort on your end to see where exactly you're making an impact uh, on the bigger picture of your clients or your company or whatever industry you're in. The yogi in me, uh, I think practicing gratitude too is a good way to combat that feeling as well. Like kind of taking a time, like the time to acknowledge the skills you have and what you have accomplished and tracing it back to gratitude and being grateful for the work you have done and for teammates as well. Teammates make a huge difference in workplace happiness and engagement. So if you acknowledge what your team is doing and the work they're contributing to your efforts and vice versa, yours to theirs, that just breeds some good positivity and wants to, it helps you work harder because you know you're part of a team and you're helping your other employees out. Maybe if you don't see that you're helping clients or outside of your industry, at least no matter what you're helping the person sitting next to you at your desk. One of the other reasons I talked about was if you don't feel challenged in the workplace, if you as an employee don't feel challenged, I think it's a chance for you to pitch a new project or a new idea when you have a one-on-one meeting or you're in a pitch meeting um, to pitch something that you would be excited about because the worst they can say is no for the most part. And if they say yes, great, then you can start working on something that with a little more innovation and something that you're actually interested in. And you don't know what you don't know. So sometimes your employer or your manager, they may not know that you're not being challenged in the workplace. And if you do have a one-on-one or a review and you say that you would like to be challenged more, you'd like to be put on a project that relates to this, they most likely will appreciate your initiative. And maybe if there's not something in the current that you could work on that they will probably keep that in mind for the future to put you on a project like that. And as an employee, if you feel like you're not learning anything new, it's up to you to learn. You can learn something new every day. And I think even picking up a book, looking into a course, attending a workshop or a conference to sharpen your skills and just 
really get inspired about the work you're doing can be a great way to combat uh, that work disengagement feeling. I know sometimes if you go to a conference and then that first day back at work, you're all like jazzed up and excited to work. And that can be a really great way to get engaged back in your job. If you are kind of struggling on your place in the company, maybe you don't know where you're growing and you don't see um, work as a challenge. I think asking someone at your workplace who is in a position that you want or in a department that you're interested in um, for advice or even like mentoring, asking them to mentor you on a certain aspect of their job or just to shadow them for um, maybe like stay a few extra hours to shadow them or learn about something. Um, I think that's a great way too, because that builds a relationship with somebody who is possibly higher up than you or in a different department. And again, that takes the initiative and that kind of spices up your life, if you will. It will help boost that engagement to you too. Next, I do think attitude is everything. Choosing one day this is the day where I'm going to put a real honest effort in my job and really try to focus. I have I make your list of like your six tasks you're going to accomplish that day. Try to execute every single one and account like kind of you can time yourself, do some time batching, love some good time batching for productivity and really just focus on your tasks for the day. And if you feel like you've made the honest effort and after that day, reflecting back, you still feel disengaged and like that was nightmarish and torture for you, it might be time to start the job hunt and look for new opportunities in that industry or even in a different industry. And there are like, you just kind of get, you have that gut check and you know, when it's time to move on. But I do think like, don't give up right away when it comes to feeling disengaged because sometimes there's just certain seasons in the workplace where you're not as inspired and you don't feel as into it as other times. So it's just, it's really up to you to kind of gut check and reflect on it if it's serious enough where you should probably move on to other ventures because you also don't want to rip off the company too, because most likely if you're disengaged, you're not performing at your highest and that's not fair to the company. So it's probably best for both of you if you part ways and look for other opportunities. And that's it for me on employee engagement. It, that was just kind of a simple rundown of quick things that employers and employees can do. I know that this topic is expansive and can go on forever, but those are some things that I've noticed in the workplace that can help. And if you have any other ideas about employee engagement as an employer, a manager, or an employee yourself, let me know on the latest Working Girl Talk Instagram if you have any tips and tricks to combat employee engagement, because as I said, it's super important for a variety of reasons. And next up on the list, we have my Friday favorite so excited about this week's. So this week I discovered or rediscovered because apparently my sister told me about it a year ago and I forgot. So sorry. <laughs> um, I discovered an amazing podcast. It's by Wondery, um, the same people that brought you Dirty John and Dr. Death. I'm sure you've probably listened to those too. It's called Imagined Life and it is so cool. If you're a podcast listener, you will most definitely like it. So the whole podcast is in the second person. So so they say you woke up and your mom is going down the street like so it's it's like you like so you can like imagine yourself in someone else's life and they're talking about a famous person or a historical figure and the whole time they're about 44 minute long episodes the whole time you're trying to figure out who it is they're talking about because most likely it's stuff you have no clue that this person's been through or experienced and then at the end they tell you who it is I've learned so much I don't want to ruin any of them but I am learning so much about like these famous people that I had no clue that like that's what it took for them to get to where they are today so 
It is super amazing. I have been eating it up. And it's fun too because it is, for the most part, from what I've seen, pretty family friendly. And uh, I've noticed on two of the episodes I listened to in the beginning, they do a like a kind of like a warning, like, oh, sometimes you enjoy this podcast with your kids. This one does contain more mature content. So if your children are with you in the car, turn to episode number whatever. So it's kind of nice. And it's just, it's super fun the whole time I'm guessing. And um, this whole week I've been telling everyone I've met about it. Like, oh man, I, I almost guessed one and no one knows what I'm talking about. But it's super awesome. And if you do listen to it, um, DM me and tell me what you think and tell me what episode because I'm just loving it. So it's called Imagined Life and it's by Wondery and you can find it in the podcast app on iTunes and um, in Spotify, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. So it's super fun. Might be a good activity for this Memorial Day weekend if you're traveling anywhere. And that is it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me on Working Girl Talk. We have some exciting episodes coming up with some amazing interviews. Super excited and have a wonderful weekend and a great Friday. You deserve it.